0: You're listening to the Between You and Me podcast, brought to you by JesusWire.com with your host, Jessica Morris.
1: Hey, friends, welcome back to Between You and Me. My name is Jessica Morris. And this is the podcast where we talk about the things that hurt, heal and change us in the Christian music industry. I'm pretty happy right now because I'm on the road. I've spent the last few weeks in Nashville and I'm about to head to Florida. Because of that, we have pre-recorded some interviews for you, but that doesn't mean that you're not getting some current stuff. If you head to our social media now, particularly our Instagram, you will find some updates from the road. And we actually have some behind-the-scenes shots of our time with a few different artists, as well as friends that we're seeing in concert while we're there. So we would love you to join us. Now, today's episode. Oh, wow. I love this one. Now, our friend, Sydney Garrett, who we spoke to earlier this season, mentions a woman by the name of Chrissy Nordoff to me in our interview. They penned an amazing song called Carry On Together, and it was really clear that I needed to connect with Chrissy because, one, she's a brilliant songwriter. She knows the Christian music industry inside out as well as Nashville inside out, and she's just such a good quality person. So I reached out to her and said, hey, would you like to chat? Oh my gosh, she said yes. I was so excited. So what you're about to hear today is an interview with one of the primary songwriters in Christian music. You may not have heard Chrissy's singles before or heard any of her independent music, but you will have heard some verse songs. She's had music recorded by Mandisa and Natalie Grant, Lauren Daigle, Lacey Sturm. There's a very good chance that Chrissy has a liner on some of your favorite albums from the last 10 years because she's a brilliant worship writer and a brilliant songwriter. The great thing about Chrissy is that she is also incredibly passionate about empowering and championing on women in worship and Christian singer-songwriters who are female because she sees the lack and the fact that there's a real dominance of males there. So she started something called Brave Worship with her sister and they have a podcast and a website and all sorts of things that we will talk about on today's episode. But it's really cool because not only does Chrissy talk about her own journey as a singer songwriter, but she also gives some tips if you are a musician yourself. And she actually highlights some resources that she's actually created for songwriters. So this is going to be a great episode. Now, here is a short bio and then we'll head straight into our interview with a really distinguished singer songwriter. Guys, this is Chrissy Nordoff. If you were to describe singer-songwriter Chrissy Nordoff with one word, it would be brave. Brave with her life, brave with her music. Brave with empowering women everywhere and brave in her faith. Since she moved to Nashville more than two decades ago to pursue Christian music, Chrissy has been on a mission to fulfill her calling. Two weeks in, when she was offered a record deal by one of Christian Music's leading labels, it seemed that she was on the road to fulfill that calling. But when this fell through, she spent the next 19 years keeping the faith, working hard, and waiting for God to move. God did, but often in ways Chrissy didn't expect. She made a living by working different jobs in Nashville and pursued music as an independent artist. However, her first release came in 2004 after she was diagnosed with and was subsequently healed of Lyme disease. The album Thank Him came out on ICC Records and mixed Chrissy's contemporary Christian pop and folk sensibilities with songs about God's faithfulness, including Heal Me about her journey with Lyme disease. In 2007, she followed this up with Downpour, where she experimented with more sonic sounds and guitar-driven tunes, including the song Outrageous Love. It highlighted her ability as a singer and songwriter. Over the coming years, Chrissy focused on her marriage, raising her kids and her health, once again overcoming a relapse of Lyme disease. A worship leader at her church near Nashville, Tennessee, she rolled out a self-titled EP in 2010 and followed up with a Pieces EP in 2011. Things finally started coming together for Chrissy in the music industry when she received a song cut, and not just any song cut. Her worship track, Your Great Name, which was co-written with Michael Neal, was picked up by Natalie Grant and subsequently spent 66 weeks on the Billboard charts in 2011, picking at number seven on the Christian Digital song chart. She received a Dove Award for Worship Song of the Year in 2012 for Your Great Name and was also nominated for Song of the Year. Signed to Integrity Music as a staff songwriter, she soon became one of Christian Music's most notable songwriters, and she has penned hundreds of songs which have been sung by artists, including Lauren Daigle, Darlene Chek, Carrie Roberts, Aaron Schust, Corey Voss and Dustin Smith. Some of her most well-known and beloved tracks include Mercy Tree, recorded by Lacey Sturm in celebration of Billy Graham, and Canyon, sung by Corey Voss. She also had the personal track Back to Life recorded by Mandisa in 2017, which talked about emotional healing in her marriage and in her children. Amidst this success, Chrissy released her EP Let God Be Praised in 2014, where she delivered some of her most notable cuts. She later dropped My Heart Is Full, a single about motherhood. And in 2015, with a focus on equipping and developing worship leaders and musicians, she released Chrissy's Got Your Back Up tracks with instrumental versions of her worship tunes. In the last few years, Chrissy has found a niche mentoring female musicians in the Christian music industry. Establishing Brave Worship in 2018, Chrissy and Maribeth Todd, her sister, aim to empower and raise up females in a very male-dominated industry and church culture. The Brave Worship podcast followed, along with new worship music released under Brave Worship. Most recently, this includes New Rivers, written and performed with Matt Hammett, former frontman of Sanctus Real. I spoke to Chrissy from my hometown of Nashville about trusting God when life doesn't go to plan, what it takes to write a great song, and why women are the future of Christian music. This is an incredible lady, guys. Meet Chrissy Nordoff. So, let's just start at the very basics. Can you tell me how you started in music and when you fell in love with it?
2: Yes, well, um, I grew up in Michigan on a farm out in the middle of nowhere. And, um, I had lots of room for exploring and creativity and, um, all of those things. But one of my grandmothers played the piano by ear and she was amazing. She was up and down and all over the keys and she, um, mesmerized me. So I used to sit next to her and just watch her play. And I think that's when I fell in love with music. Um, and she, she actually passed away when I was Five right, right before I turned five years old, and um, I didn't realize until much later. But that was exactly the age that I started writing songs, and um, wow. yeah, later felt like there was some sort of torch passed um, before I knew what what had happened.
1: That's beautiful. I love that. People who play piano by ear are just incredible. I have some family members who do
2: that. Yeah, I love it. I know it's, it's incredible. What was
1: your tra- trajectory into a music career? Because it's one thing to start writing and playing songs and to love it, mm-hmm. but then to have a moment where you sort of go, I'm going to try and make a living out of this.
2: Well, um, I definitely felt called to Christian music as a teenager. I remember um, being in the back pew of our church service and just one one day we were just singing this um, hymn, take my life and let it be consecrated Lord to thee, that, that hymn. And one, one line in there says, take my voice and let me sing always only for my King. And for some reason, this certain night when we were in this back pew, it was a Sunday night. Um, I just felt like a deep conviction that that was my future, that that was my path. And I didn't know exactly what that would look like, but I went I did a lot of singing growing up, but ended up going to college at Anderson University in Indiana. And I had a class there that really um deepened my love of music and songwriting, which was Songwriting 101 with Gloria Gaither. And um Nice. Yeah. And just I think it really opened my heart in a, another way. And um my passion definitely increased through that class. And then, you know, I knew I wanted to be in Nashville. So um, I saved my internship for very last for my degree and moved here to finish that and um, worked at word or no, actually, sorry, it was reunion records at that time, reunion records. And, um, and I, I just wanted to absorb and be around as much as I could learn as much as I could And I was actually offered a record deal within a few weeks of moving here, really. And um, I was really excited. And um, we had, we looked at tour schedules and I saw I'd be gone for, you know, two or three months at a time. And we were booking things ahead and um, negotiating with the lawyers. And then at the last minute, this record company pulled out of the deal Um and it was so painful. We had been negotiating for six months and, um, I, my whole future was sort of planned around that. And after that happened, it just gave me, um, really sort of an opportunity to reset and just ask myself some questions like, um, do I think that that's what I want for my future? Do I want to be traveling that much? You know, um, if I wanted to have kids, like how would that work with a family? And I just got really honest with myself and decided, you know, there are people that can do that well, but I decided for me, um, I wanted to have a family. And so that became my priority. Um, even though they weren't here yet, but I knew they were coming. I just knew, um, that it would be better for me and um, the way I'm wired to be able to stay home with kids and do the independent artist thing. So I did that for a while. And meanwhile, you know, not making much money this whole time. So um, I worked a lot of crazy jobs. I was a salon receptionist. I worked at a instrumental music company um, during (laughs) during which my boss told me, you better start looking for another job. <laughs> and I actually got fired from the salon. Um, it was rough days. Like those were some
0: yeah.
2: rough days. And anyways, um, started teaching piano and voice, and that's what I did for the next fifteen years while having children. So I have three ki- three kids now, and writing um, as much as I possibly could. And really, um, from a career standpoint you know, we did the whole independent artist thing for a long time and made records and traveled some when we could on the weekends and things like that. But, um, we got to a certain place. Um, there was one day we traveled up to Michigan. I did two morning services, drove four hours and did a festival. And I said to my husband that day, I think I feel a season shift, like something's changing. And, um, I found out the next week I was pregnant. And with my third, and it was during that pregnancy, I wrote a song called Your Great Name. And that song um, we sang with our local church. And it was the first time I let go of a song and didn't sing it myself. And it was it was hard. It was not easy. But I felt like the Lord taught me a great lesson through that song, which was, hey, guess what? You can stay home with your babies and I know that's what you want to do. And I'll use your your heart through song. And the songs can do the traveling. And um and you can stay home. And for the first time I had a realization of what that actually could look like in my life. Even though I was a songwriter, I had been writing songs. Um that was really the first revelation that oh this is actually the main part of who I am. I'm a songwriter. Um, And all of these, this artist things have really been reasons to share my songs. And the Lord opened through that song, um, an avenue for me to do that as a career. So that was a long answer, but (laughs) that's a great answer. Kind of how it happened. Kind of how it happened. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's such an, it's so interesting. And I love hearing that. It's so, it's, I hear stories about people like struggling to get record deals and it going on and off but um the the rounds I, like nearly the full circle moment of you sort of being like, I want to prioritize a family and God's still honoring your music. Mm-hmm. I love that because it's so beautiful it's
2: crazy um, and I, I'll say too that um I actually was a was writing independently for the first 19 years that I was here in Nashville and didn't sign. A publishing deal until then.
1: How did how did you keep when I say keep the faith not in a cliche way, mm-hmm. but how did you hold on to it's really like the innate sense that God had called you to create music and to write music and, and to lead worship? How did you hold on to that when in some capacity you're self sustaining for yeah. that 19 years and sort of holding on to that belief?
2: Well, and I'll add too that um it hasn't always been a kind place, you know, I've faced a lot of opposition in a lot of different ways in the industry and the church. Um, and just being a female in that world. And so I think, um, I think it's just this innate, sense of, I can't not be this person. Like this is who I am. I can't stop being who I am. And I have to craft in order to process my emotions. That's the way that it comes out and the way I do it. But I can't stop it. If I stop it, um, I actually feel worse than if I keep going, (laughs) if that makes sense. But a lot of times I'll say to a lot of the girls that I mentor, persistence is the difference. And, you know, um, I think a thousand, no, is it a thousand or 10,000 people move to Nashville every year? I think it's 10,000 and 10,000 also leave. Um, and so it's really, I think literally it's a persistence, it's a resolve and it's, um, you definitely need to feel that you've been called to that for sure. Um, and I think a calling is definitely deeper than a hobby And I think both are beautiful and needed and useful in the kingdom. But I think um, in order to persevere through the kind of things that I had to experience, it had to be a calling, you know?
1: Yeah. I was um, doing some research and looking at some of your old YouTube videos and you've been really open about your experience with Lyme disease Mm -hmm. in the late 90s and early 1000s. Can you tell me a little bit one about that, but also how that impacted that journey when you were in such a vulnerable place in Nashville trying to start your career and have your family?
2: Yeah, it was crazy. I'll just say that. Um, But (laughs) I um, woke up I think it was the morning of my 28th birthday and I felt a tingling in my left toes. And I had at the time a two-year-old and a nine-month-old and um, two little boys. And um, that tingling traveled up my left side, my whole left side of my body and came around the right side. And I started experiencing tingling, joint pain, um, migraines, lots and lots of neurological symptoms um, to the point where... There were times that I had a really hard time walking or my knees just wouldn't work or I couldn't sign my name, things like that. And I went through several doctors trying to figure out what was wrong and um, ended up through a friend finding a doctor in Missouri who specifically treated Lyme disease. And I knew I had had a tick bite in my first pregnancy, but this was quite a while after and I didn't know if it could still be related to that, but we went To, um, Missouri to this doctor to just see what he thought and ended up being diagnosed with advanced stage Lyme disease. And, um, so it had been in my body for so long that by the time we knew it was neurological and, um, Yeah. So it was very difficult. I was in a lot of pain. I had a really hard time sleeping through the pain or the twitching or just all kinds of weird things would wake me up. But I remember being face down on my living room floor one night with my face over my Bible and just prayed, Lord, I'm going to open this up and I just need you to show me something to hold on to. And um, I opened up to John where Jesus was talking about Lazarus and he said, this sickness is not fatal." It's an occasion to show glory by glorifying God's son. And so I took that as a promise for healing. And um, I still kept walking through, you know, all the medical treatments. I went through 18 months of antibiotics and all kinds of supplements and dietary changes. And then um, at the end of that 18 months, the doctor said, we're going to take you off of this um, medicine. And if you get better, you're lucky if you get worse. We're going to look at IV therapy, 24-hour IV therapy next. And um, I started feeling worse, honestly. And my sister called me from Michigan and said, um, hey, Chrissy, we're having a healing service that happens twice a year, and I think you need to come up here. And, um, and I prayed about it and decided the Lord was telling me to go. So I went and the um, pastor prayed for me at that service. And, um, I felt like electricity and love surging through my body when he prayed for me and had never experienced anything like that. And I knew that the Lord had touched me in that moment. And, um, and I, it felt like everything changed. My writing changed. My, my faith changed. My relationship with Jesus changed. Um, it was an emotional purging that happened and then physically i got better over the course of the next 2 months my symptoms dropped until um my blood work was rerun and i was given the clear of Lyme disease so
1: that's incredible yeah yes how did you like in that even that one and a half months after you had that experience with God, mm-hmm. but the eighteen months beforehand where you were still holding on to the promise that you would be healed and you hadn't experienced mm-hmm. it yet how did how did you keep hope how did you how did you hold on to God in that knowing that healing is something that God promises but not everyone experiences in a earthly way yeah
2: um there was a verse and i'm really bad at remembering where (laughs) verses are but um that i held on to through that time that said um let oh no i can't remember it let it have its full work so that you will be complete lacking nothing do you know what i'm talking about oh
1: my gosh yes the last two years of my
2: life really yes okay Oh, my God. Yes. So and yes. I was really mad when I read that verse. I was like, no, right? I don't want to let it have its complete work. Like, I want to be done right now. Like, I don't want to have to go through this. <laughs> so I can't say that I walked through it patiently. Honestly, it was not easy. And um, I had there was a, a cling on my shower that I had on my door that I read out loud every single day that was all these different verses on healing and I researched healing like crazy. I found every verse about healing. I studied, um, health for the first time, really. Um, I believe that the Lord said, I'm going to do my part, but you have to do your part. And so I started eating healthy. Um, that changed and I read a book called the maker's diet and really changed a lot about, what I was, what my part was, you know, I felt like I needed to focus on that and focusing on that really helped me to get through that time too. But knowing simultaneously that he was going to let it have its complete work in me and, um, trying to submit to that the best I knew how at the time. Yep,
1: yeah. I definitely hear that. How did that change you as a musician? And as a songwriter,
2: Um, it made me understand God's love in a deeper way than I ever had. Um, but also it made me full of expectancy. And and I felt like I wanted to pray for every sick person that ever came into my life, you know, like I had a new faith for healing for sure, but also just this realization, and it sounds very simple, but it's true. This realization that who the Bible says He is, He truly is. And, um, and yeah, just a deeper revelation of the Father. And that came out in my lyrics, I believe. Um, more than anything, I was able to put that into words, what I experienced, um, in deep, much deeper ways than. I could have expressed before.
1: break for my conversation to talk about one of our amazing sponsors do you create wedding videos podcasts ads content maybe even one of those slideshows while you're trying to move your church into the 21st century well soundstripe is the answer to all your problems the ultimate music stock site made for video producers they offer a great variety of high quality royalty free songs and have an unlimited licensing model this is literally one of a kind in the industry and that is because it was created by musicians. With a monthly or yearly fee, you have unlimited access to world-class music. We are talking composers like Aaron Sprinkle and Matt Winton. Every time you license a song through Soundstripe, the royalty goes straight back to the musician. With Curator Playlist, new music every week, and more than 30,000 special effects. This is the ultimate source of music for creatives. Trust me, I've been using this since day one with Between You and Me. And I can tell you that any background music you are hearing comes directly from Soundstripe. They are absolutely incredible. When you sign up for Soundstripe today, you can get 10% off using the code UMEPods. That is soundstripe.com with the code UMEPOD. And now, back to the show. You've talked in different interviews on YouTube and things like that, just very briefly about going through struggles in your marriage and like supporting one of your kids through anxiety, Mm -hmm. things that are really personal and that we all in some capacity experience in our own way but wouldn't necessarily share with the Mm. world. How did your experience with Lyme disease uh, and the redefinition or even like reshaping? deepening of your faith mm-hmm. prepare you for any conflict or struggle that came up in the next 15 to 20 yeah. years?
2: That's a big yeah. question, sorry. I think, um, well, I'll tell you, it it's, it wasn't easy. It's never easy to go through the fire, but every single time that I've gone through it, I've pressed in harder. Um, and I was talking about this with my husband even this week. Um you know, like just questioning, why did we have to go through so many things? Like I thought Lyme disease would be it. And then actually I got it again, 10 years later. Um, And so anyways, so just not only that, but, and, and the Lord showed me a different way of healing that time, but the, the stuff that we went through with my daughter, the things we've gone through in our marriage, um, you know, and I feel like Every time we get to sort of this place of, or it's felt like this, this place of like taking a breath, we go back under the water and it's the next thing. But my husband said to me this week, Chrissy, you're a hundred percent different person now than you were before we walked through that first trial. And he said, I just want you to remember um, that all of those things have have made you who you are now. And had you not walked through those there's no way that you would have the relationship with the lord that you have right now and um and i know that's true i know that it's true sometimes we don't want to get relationship with the lord that way you know <laughs> like i would definitely pick another way but um but i feel like walking through the fire is when we listen the hardest for him if we allow him to speak into our lives you know i mean that's really our choice. We can either run from him during those things or we can run to him. And, um, and sometimes reluctantly I've run to him, you know, it's not always been like even my first choice sometimes. Cause sometimes it's like when I got Lyme the second time, I was so mad. I was so mad because it felt like a joke. It felt like a joke because he'd healed me from that very thing. Um and then I was facing it again, but he taught me different things. Um, and as a result, um, I learned a whole lot about essential oils and, um, natural healing and things like things of that nature. And honestly, have been able to help thousands of people because of that experience. So I don't know, like, I know the other, the other reason why I share and the other reason I think that I walk through these things. Yes, it's definitely for songs to be birthed, um, to be able to verbalize things I've personally experienced, because I think the best songs are born out of our own experiences. And I think because I've had these experiences, I can put them into song for the purpose of building up the kingdom of God and other people that are walking through those things. And that's also the reason why I share them, because... It's not doing me any good to hide this stuff because there are other people walking through um, similar situations or possibly will be walking through similar situations that need to know they can make it through and that they can press into the Lord even in those times. And that if they do, if they will see that as an opportunity of growth, and if they will press in during the hard times, there will be fruit. And there will be rewards on the other side. If you can hang on and press, keep pressing in when it's hard and not run away.
1: I love that. I appreciate that. Thank Mm -hmm. you for sharing it. Um, When you're writing a song and you're in the middle of a season of struggle, which I mean, I feel like there's always an element of struggle because we're human. But when you're in the middle of, of a time when you're sort of, you're waking up and it's really hard and your body isn't well and life at home is difficult and God has promised you things and you're just like, where are you? What do you bring to a songwriting session? Do you bring that vulnerability and that pain or do you have to push through that and lean into scripture and things like that or do they come together?
2: I think it's sort of a mixture of both. I think you cannot write um, great songs without being honest. I think you have to be vulnerable in the writing room. That's, I mean, at least in the Christian music side of things, I think it's sort of a requirement, but at the same time, we always have hope and that's what makes our music different. And, um, and yes, pulling in scripture is really important always, but I think there's a, there is a line when you walk into a writing room from a perspective of how much, um, do I share? I mean, yes, you have to share. I think you share a little bit about um your situation and where you are. Usually in the beginning of a co-write, a lot of people will just do that. They they want to hear where your heart is, and you only have a limited amount of time um to accomplish the task that you're called to do, which is to write a song. And so a lot of times, you know, depending on the level of friendship too, um, that's another factor in that room but um but i always i always am open to share kind of where i am and um and be honest about it and usually um that opens up vulnerability and openness in other people as well and i think sometimes you do have to be the first one to be willing and um yeah and that's that's not always um you know fun or um I don't know. It is very vulnerable, but usually when you do, um, walls will come down and you'll write a better song anyways. One thing that I say a lot um, to people just getting started out with writing songs, um, one bit of encouragement I would have to share with you is make sure that you're working more on listening than you are on striving to create Um, I think a lot of times we put pressure on ourselves that we're actually the creators and we're not there's only one and if we can lay down that um, that striving to create then he can actually use us in much better ways as listeners and we can hear what he's creating and it's a whole lot better than what we we could create ourselves I do have a songwriter personality test that's pretty fun if you guys want to check that out um I think you can find it on my website but um it basically really has helped me over the years you know I started noticing patterns of thoughts and behavior in the co-writing room and realized that there were different types and I created this test according to that experience and um It'll help you identify who you are as a writer and also who you should work well with in the co-writing situation. And, um, and basically it takes off that pressure that you have to be all the things when you walk in a room, you just be what you're best at and count on other people to carry their strengths.
0: I am a dad.
1: line between being really really vulnerable in a song and then crafting it so that it has some commercial success especially if you're writing it for an artist Mm um who who's considering it putting on an album or needs it essentially to make money to feed their family how do you measure that and hold that together
2: that's hard (laughs) it's really hard yeah um yeah so I think A lot of the times, well, every single day I do what I call psalming, which is singing the psalms out loud. And um, sometimes I get song ideas from that and I'll take those into the writing room. But, um, But I have to have the ability to personally plug into Jesus, you know, and the way that I do that is in the mornings before I ever walk into the writing room, I make sure that I have that time to connect with him. And so when I walk into um, the writing room, it feels like it's already part of that worship reflex. You know, like I'm, I'm writing from a reflex. I'm not writing from um, a striving place. Sometimes depending on the dynamic of the room, um, it is harder, you know, it is harder. And then as far as the crafting piece, um, for me, that comes secondarily. So I lead with um, listening and then I follow up with the skill and craft piece. And a lot of times I'll let the spirit um, just move and listen and sing and sing melody, sing lyric, um, actually worship. Which doesn't happen all the time in a worship right, which is ironic. But um, I like to encourage people to, when we first get together, let's just sing whatever comes out. Let's just worship them for a minute. And usually, nine times out of ten, that's where the song is born. And um, and I think that is the difference in in the whole Christian music world is that we're Jesus focused. Um, no other genre of music has that characteristic, and so. If that is who we are, we have to keep that priority even in the writing room. Um, and, yes, the crafting piece is important and necessary and um, and beautiful, but I usually let that creativity, let the spirit flow first and give him room first and then follow up with the craft.
1: I wanted to ask a bit about brave mm-hmm. worship. I literally just stumbled across it on Instagram um, and then realized that you coordinated it can for people who have never heard of brave worship before or perhaps have just seen it pass by or sort of gone oh look, there's a podcast Mm -hmm. can you tell me how brave worship started um, and what you guys actually yeah
2: so um, the first 15 years that I lived in Nashville I prayed for a mentor And, um, the Lord never answered that prayer and year 15, I asked him why, and he answered me back by saying, be what you need. And so I began to gather girls in my living room and, um, we started meeting monthly and just praying for one another, encouraging one another, um, right in the middle of this town where competition was so thick and I just felt like. The competition is what was killing community, and um, and we wanted to build it, and so that's exactly what we began to do. And fast forward, um, my sister moved to town three years ago, and um, she's been a worship leader um, and brought a different perspective, and we merged that in and um, felt like we'd have a greater reach. So now, Brave Worship is it exists to encourage, um, provide resources for, and um, cheer on female worship leaders songwriters and leaders in the church and um we started um, a podcast a few years back we have so many um episodes up if anybody wants to listen but we've also got um a group on facebook that's very active we have coffees that um actually just launched this year so we have i think five cities no six cities now um for coffees and they're spreading across the U S we do a writer's trip every every other year. We're getting ready to go to Ireland in three weeks. Um, so yeah, good. it's, it's so fun. And, um, and we have a heart for praying for Nashville as a city and bringing unity um, to the music industry and the city. So that's sort of the heart behind who we are. We've got, Resources as well. Two of those things. Well, one is the worship songwriter mentorship, which is a course um, that I did specifically for teaching how to write worship songs, and that launched last year. And um, we have small groups that walk through that together, and it's been um, it's been beautiful to see community being built and people making connections, and then coming out this march there will be a book called writing worship how to craft heartfelt songs for the church so those couple resources yeah thanks
1: yeah well i'll make sure that we include all the links to them in the podcast notes as well so that people can get connected why is it so important to champion females in the Christian music industry and in worship music in particular?
2: Well, I believe culturally, um, especially where where I've been the last 24 years, which is Nashville, 25, um, I've just experienced a lot of resistance as it pertains to my gender. Um, But realizing just over and over by conversations with other women how they've experienced resistance too, And, um, and I feel like recently I did a, I did an article for a magazine and as I was doing my research, I had this revelation that over 75% of the church, the Protestant church in America is female. Um, however, leadership is over 80% male and that, right? Isn't that crazy? But But yeah, Uh but you can feel that. And I think even if you were to look at that 20% of females that are leading in church, probably the majority of those are either women's pastors or children's pastors. Um, So actually a very small percentage would be worship leaders um, that are female. And then if you look at writing, um, as far as church music, um, And I did, I, I researched the top. So there were the top 25 songs over the last 20 years. And I believe less than 14% of those were written by females. So what that means is the songs are being written majority by majority males, really high majority males delivered by a male voice to congregations of highly majority females. And there's something wrong with that. And, you know, I'm not like fighting for, um, you know, too much. I feel like I I think we need Mm -hmm. both the male and female voice. Um, But I felt called to champion the female since that was where I saw the greatest need. And that was what I experienced myself as far as opposition. So, in, and even in the writing world, you know, there are very few, and, and things are starting to change just now. And um, there have been a lot of conversations recently about females and leadership and um, different pastors stepping down, and because of all kinds of things related to females. And I think the church is somewhat confused right now as to how to handle it in a healthy way. And um, so we're trying to raise up healthy women in order to you know, get back in that situation where they're working together with their brothers. That's our goal. That's our heart.
1: How do you keep finding the stamina um, and even, for lack of a better term, the goodwill to keep going and keep persevering when you will, in some cases, experience pushback or even different theological or ideological um strains of thought when you do try and implement something new or even just try and say hey we've got a song and it's worth hearing because it's actually written by a female Mm -hmm. and it's good
2: well actually now we got an army so I think that helps yes (laughs) so good we've got an army so um honestly this brave worship leadership team that we have right now man they are amazing they're some of the best girls I know and um It just really helps to have a community that all has the same heart and um, where there's such unity um, and we can have open conversations. We can talk about anything. Um, We're praying for one another. So I don't feel like I'm alone. I feel like the Lord has put us together for this time and um, for this reason. And that's, that's what encourages me today. It's those girls. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's so good. That makes me so happy. <laughs> I love that, and I, I, I as someone who's like on the sort of the outskirts of the mm-hmm. industry as a journalist, and who generally just loves to engage with worship music, I so appreciate the fact that there are a group of strong, talented, committed females pushing for that and doing the mm-hmm. hard yards. I don't think people always. See that they sort of just see the song and sing it. Hmm. So, um, thank you for what you do, for what it's worth. It's so appreciated. Oh, so, thank needed. you, Jess.
2: I appreciate you noticing. Yeah.
1: i do at the end of every podcast interview is just throw a few quick questions at the artist i'm talking to um that maybe if you had a fan or someone who was like oh my gosh Chrissy nordoff wrote my favorite song they might come up to you and ask mm-hmm. you these questions they're a little bit out of context um but hopefully they should be a little bit of fun okay and we'll see how we go um number one what's the most memorable song for you that you've written and had recorded by another artist
2: um probably your great name by natalie grant since that was really the Mm -hmm. first one for me yeah
1: yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely what was it like when that started to take off and you're sort of like hey i I wrote that and it's like it was on the charts for Mm -hmm. over a year i think Mm -hmm. how did that feel when you're sort of like oh like that's and it was one of one of your first song cuts. Mm-hmm. is that correct yeah
2: mm-hmm. what was that like um, for you? it was surreal and it felt redemptive because of everything I had to walk through to get it you know and I also wondered why nobody liked any of my other songs <laughs> yes <laughs> I was like why what? that one yes. I didn't understand <laughs> like I had other songs for years why that one all of a sudden it just seemed like it didn't make sense like yeah Somehow, God just went boop. That's the one.
1: look <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like that, and you're like, okay, sure, I'll yes. take that. Yeah, number two. What's your favorite album of all time, any genre? know. Oh,
2: okay. So I'll tell you this. I'm. It's really weird, but I'm more of a creator than I am a listener when it comes to music. So, um, I would mm-hmm. probably say though. Um, it would be either the old Amy Grant records or, um, I loved the Dente Becker Ashton album. Yeah. Yeah. Along the road. Perfect.
1: If you could go back in time and speak to Chrissy when she was just making Mm -hmm. the move to Nashville, deciding to see what God had for her, what would you say to Mm -hmm. yourself knowing what you do now?
2: Um, I think I would say to myself, don't listen to any expectations that other people put on you. Listen to your heart and what the Lord's telling you above everything else. So let me put the baby down and
3: then I'll cuddle you. But I have no voice for stories after that touchdown you through kisses without asking and two hands reach for
1: friends was Chrissy Nordoff. She's just a really lovely kind person isn't she and so talented. I love when we get to speak to people who are behind the scenes quote unquote in Christian music or in any music for that matter. I feel like you learn so much about the industry from them and they have so much to give. It's just absolutely wonderful. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me Chrissy. If you guys would like to get in touch with Chrissy As always, go for it. She would absolutely love it. She is on all your social media. Just look up Chrissy Nordoff. That is K-R-I-S-S-Y underscore N-O-R-D-H-O-F-F and you can catch up with everything she's doing there you can also follow brave worship which i highly recommend it will have all the updates on their latest activities it'll give you some encouragement and links to all of chrissy's resources that's just at brave worship you can also go to braveworship.com and if you look up the brave worship podcast you will find that on all your podcasting platforms I will also include links to all of the social media, all of those things and to Chrissy's songwriter personality quiz, which sounds like a whole lot of fun. So I'm going to put that in the show notes and you can follow up there. If you loved what you heard today, I will actually also include a link to Chrissy's 2015 EP, Let God Be Praised, and that has her versions of some of her most iconic songs as well. Thank you guys for joining me as always. It has been an absolute pleasure and I'm so glad that we could share Chrissy's story If you would like to get in touch with me while I'm on the road, yay, I would love that. Uh, Just literally check us out at betweenyouandmepod.com or find us on Instagram at betweenyoumepod. You can find updates on travels and some behind the scenes. You'll see a few friends that we've caught up with and some concert footage as well. You can also pick up our brand new merch now just by going to betweenyouandmepod.com and hitting the store button. We have some really fun I stand for Amy Grant stuff which we made, as well as some like iconic Christian golden era music like t-shirts and some Aussie ones which I'm a big fan of because represent. That's all for now. Thank you guys for listening. I will see you in two weeks for another wonderful episode. Until then, take care and be kind to people. Looking for the shade where the trees
0: sad Until I'm until I'm home oh oh oh, oh. Until I'm until I'm home oh oh, oh 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 Walking down this road till I'm home Please take the things that bring hurt grief They told me greed won't bring worth I heard that, never learned that Foolish of me not to turn back It's easy cause you see the real me The cost of my soul, is it worth that? I'm skating on thin ice And my hope is within Christ you for listening to the between you and me podcast stay connected by visiting www.betweenyouandmepod.com and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on itunes or stitcher for more christian news reviews and interviews get plugged in to jesuswire.com